your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. WXDXFM. Pittsburgh. I want to talk about the likely trade of Garrett Cole to the Houston Astros. First off, how do McCutcheon and Harrison feel about it? Because if I'm Kutch, I for sure want out. Ever since 2015, then those 98 wins that still make the fanboy bloggers yank and crank, the Pirates have dismantled their team, and Kutch is the last man standing. He's 31, has one more year on his deal, why would Kutch want to say? And certainly now, Kutch would never sign a long-term deal with the Pirates. And how do Marte and Polanco feel? They're 29 and 26. The Pirates have contract control with them, but what's going on is obvious, and they can't possibly like it. The Pirates always let the fans down, but letting down Kutch and Harrison and Marte and Polanco has a domino effect. Nobody wants to stay in a collapsing building. I really don't care what the Pirates get for Cole. I know the bloggers are going to be ecstatic. Future! 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 But not me. The Pirates lost for 20 years and had three okay years, and now we're right back to hearing about future! 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 It's too soon to hear all that again. Sick Again, brought to you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner since 1956. I forgot to mention last segment. We're so sponsored, I got I got too much of this crap to read between my plugs and all. No Quarter was brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Michael Schenker is only 63. Longtime UFO guitarist, currently with MSG. Going to be at uh, the Carnegie Music Hall in Homestead in March. How's he only 63? I keep forgetting. He joined UFO when he was like 17 and couldn't speak English. That's actually an interesting story. Would you care to hear it? I, I knew you would. Uh, UFO were touring Europe in their very formative years. Obviously, because Schenker wrote the songs that put him on the map. And they were touring with Scorpions, who had uh, like a 17-year-old Michael Schenker in the band. And UFO's guitar player couldn't get into Europe because he couldn't get a visa. And that was last minute. So they get to Europe, and they say to Scorpions, hey, can your guitar player stick around and play our songs? And before you knew it, he left Scorpions for UFO, and that's how Michael Schenker joined UFO, and that might sound like a dumb move, but for a long time, UFO was much bigger than the Scorpions, and I know you won't believe that, but it's true, and then Schenker rejoined briefly for the Love Drive album, don't forget Rudy Schenker, Michael's older brother, who he now hates if you listen to Michael's interview of sorts, I guess that's what you'd call it. 
I didn't get three words in edgewise. We got to get Michael back on the show just to let him ramble. Anyway, happy birthday to Michael Schenker. Pirate fans, what do you think of Cole? Apparently, this time it's for real being on the way out. Steeler fans, if Artie Burns can't play Sunday and it doesn't look like he's going to, where does that leave the Steelers? Do you see Cam Sutton as necessarily a big downgrade from Artie Burns? 412-333-9939 is the number to call to go one-on-one with the great one. I'm surprised I'm not getting more feedback, like more hate calls. Because I don't think rallying around Ryan Shazier uh, gives the Steelers a, a better chance Sunday. I think all that's just stuff that sounds nice to talk about, but has no tangible effect on the game. I got a tweet from somebody who reminded me that, uh, what year was it, 14 or 15, the Rangers rallied around Martin St. Louis' dead mother to uh, pull back a three games to one deficit against the Penguins and win in seven games. Okay, well, let me fire this at you. If the Steelers don't win the Super Bowl, does that mean they don't care about Shazier? Because that's what Mike Mitchell said. They're going to win the Super Bowl for Ryan Shazier. If they don't win the Super Bowl, how does that reflect on their opinion of Shazier? How does it reflect on their ability to motivate themselves for their injured teammate? And the reality is it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all. And I keep, with all due respect to those who believe, and I do kind of believe, I'm more ambiguous, I'm more, what's the word? There's a word for agnostic. I live my life as if there is a God, and I figure if there is, I'll be rewarded at the end. But uh, I don't think God has anything to do with who wins a sporting event. I don't think he cares at all. And if God wants the Steelers to win for Ryan Shazier, I'd have liked it better if God hadn't let him get hurt in the first place. But I don't think God influences that at all either. If he influences one thing or the other, though, screw the score, keep people from winding up in wheelchairs. I mean that very sincerely. The Steelers will honor Ryan Shazier in their hearts and in their minds and by doing their best. It will not affect the outcome. I've done a really good job talking myself into thinking the them Jags are going to be a tough out. Number two overall defense in the league. Number one pass defense in the league. Number one rushing attack in the league, although like I've been saying, having that means less than ever before in the National Football League. Can you imagine if uh, if the Jags and Steelers traded pass defenses? what Ben would do to the Steelers' secondary and what Bortles couldn't do against the Jacksonville secondary. Let's go to Tyler on the turnpike. Tyler, you're on with Double M. Mark, two questions for you. You said that Sutton just came off of IR. I wondered what his injury was in the first place. He had a whammy in his hammy. Any chance he's even close to 100% now? Or they throw oh, no, no. Team? I don't think they would have brought him back off injured reserve. Don't forget, Laddie, you could only bring one player back per year off injured reserve. If they brought Sutton back, they feel good about the way he felt and 
I feel pretty good about the way he's played so far. So what's your second question? Second question was, it seems like since the since we lost the bow, we've been a more player oriented defense as opposed to a play oriented defense. A more a more in, a more individual oriented defense? Individual because the genius play calling seems to be lacking. Is that something with you? No, I, I disagree. I just think it's a, it's a different uh, it's a different methodology and scheme to be sure. They got away from the zone blitz, but uh, uh, you know you might be saying that because Cam Hayward had twelve sacks and made first team All Pro. But I think Dick LeBeau was a brilliant defensive mind who just did the best he could with the talent he had. But uh, I think the zone blitz. I mean, Dick LeBeau doesn't use the zone blitz much in Tennessee now. He's become more of a man-to-man guy. I think Dick LeBeau had to switch teams to change with the times. I think that had to happen for him to open his eyes and modernize just a little bit. And I still think Dick LeBeau is the best defensive mind in the history of pro football. He played with Night Train Lane, for God's sakes. Let's go to Bo. Is this another guy from Morgantown? That's scary. Bo, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What's up, Tony? Hey, I was just wondering to comment on the guy that said nothing good ever came from West Virginia. Uh, Nick Saban, Bob Huggins, Jimbo Fisher, um, Randy Moss. I mean, there's a ton of them. Well, Randy Moss was, you know, a bad teammate. And the other people, those who can't do, teach. I do like Bob Huggins, though. How about West Virginia's number two ranked in men's basketball? You know why we don't talk about it? Because we're not in West Virginia. The only time we talked about West Virginia football on this program was when they had my buddy, Mark Bolger. And we've never talked about it since. That's kind of how things work. Let's go to Jeff on the road. Jeff, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Yeah, you said the Jags are the best rushing attack in the league. but I think that's No, no, I said they have the number one ranked rushing attack in the league. Okay, good. So, I think that... They only have that stat because their defense is so good. They just have the ball so much. They're not that efficient. On the no, team. they only have that stat because they run the ball better than anybody. I mean, the numbers say what the numbers say. You're kind of reaching deep to try to, to to denigrate what they have going for them. But they averaged 141 yards per game rushing. I mean, how, how can you denigrate that? Yeah, my only point with that regard would be, since it's time possession-based, if the Steelers can hold on to the ball, then they won't get as much on the ground. Well, no, no. If you want to say that uh, having the number one rushing attack in football has never meant less, you'd be right about that. But you can't say that they're not as good as their numbers. They averaged 141.4 yards per game. They averaged 4.3 yards per game, which is solid but not scintillated. For example, uh, let me pop on the mouse here. Uh, A lot of teams average more than 4.3 yards per carry. In fact, that only ranked them 7th in the league, but the top number was 4.7, so they weren't that far below. But but they have a good running attack, and Leonard Fournette is a real good running back. Ain't no Lev Bell. That's true, he isn't any Le'Veon Bell. If you're just tuning in, Artie Burns hurt his knee in practice, may well be out for Sunday. How do you think that'll affect the Steelers? And up. Uh, the Pirates haven't yet traded Garrett Cole to Houston, but uh, it looks like they will. You know, here's a question. And, and people think I'm cold-hearted when I ask questions like this. 
I'm being just very honest. Uh, we've got a picture up on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com and a blog too. Ryan Shazier was at practice today for the Steelers in a wheelchair. It's got to be great for those guys to see Ryan Shazier. It's got to be horribly depressing to see him in a wheelchair. I can't even begin to think what would go through my mind if I saw this guy, this teammate, this warrior, and his legs don't work. Hopefully they will again. He's regaining feeling. Uh, like his dad tweeted earlier today, they've made a lot of progress in the last month, but there's still obviously a long way to go. How would you feel if you were a Pittsburgh Steeler and you see your teammate there but in a wheelchair? Hey, if I've had you know friends stricken, uh, it's tough. Like, like for me, seeing Shazier today, I'd have been so happy to see him, but I've been so sad to see him in a wheelchair. Uh, we're giving away Penguins tickets. That's next hour. Stay tuned. I'll tell you how to win. Mike Rupp at 430, 105.9 X. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. I think uh, a breaking development will get some conversation going, or at the very least, piss a lot of you off. The NHL announced its all-star teams today. You know that goofy three-on-three tournament they have uh, with four teams, one from each division. The Penguins' leader in goals is Phil Kessel with 18. Their leader in assists is Phil Kessel with 29. Their leader in points is Phil Kessel with 47. Phil Kessel is not going to the All-Star game. Going instead, Sidney Crosby, who has four less points than Phil. That's three less goals, one less assist. And Chris Letang, who has three goals, 24 assists in 41 games and is minus 13, which is second worst on the team, bettering only Jake Gensel. It's worth noting Crosby's minus 11. For that matter, Phil Kessel's minus 9. When your power play's cashing in at 26%, but your 22 wins, 22 losses, you're going to have a lot of minus players. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be outraged about Phil not making it. I think Phil deserves it, no doubt. I wouldn't say I'm outraged. I bet Phil's not outraged. I bet Phil would rather take that weekend and maybe play some poker. I really hope Phil's listening and heard me say that because I think Phil would rather play some poker. As far as Latang making it, Latang is a really good and entertaining three-on-three player. If you're going to play three-on-three, it makes sense to have Chris Latang be part of it. There aren't a lot of defensemen out there that are going to be good three-on-three, entertaining three-on-three. As far as Sid goes, Sid's red hot lately. He's almost up to a point of game. But that's almost got nothing to do with it. Fans want to see Sidney Crosby. People want to see Sidney Crosby play. They want to see him play three-on-three. And they just want to see him be part of a spectacle. 
which the All-Star Game is, it's definitely much more spectacle than it is competition. You got the goofy skills competition, all that crap. It's at Tampa. The people at Tampa want to see Sid and the people who watch the game on TV, both of them, because it's not real well watched, want to see Sid. So I'm very disappointed on Phil's behalf, but I also get it. And with the limited format, with the rosters, with three-on-three, I don't think, I, I haven't seen all the rosters, but I doubt that any team has more than two representatives. Couple ex-Penguins going for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, Marc-Andre Fleury and James Neal. I read Flower stats before. 1.73 goals against, 94.5 save percentage. He's 9-2. and two. Made the All-Star game. I wouldn't be shocked if he can keep that play up and finish in the three finalists for the Vezina. Your thoughts on all that? 412-333-9939. Uh, here's some breaking news. Ian Rappaport of the NFL uh, Network and NFL.com reports that Artie Burns does not have ligament damage. He left the field today with a non-contact injury to his right knee at practice, but Rappaport says he does not have ligament damage. More on that story as it breaks. By the way, I mentioned that uh, you could take a player, just one player off injured reserve every year. It's actually two. I believe starting this year, at least that's what I've been tweeted, and I believe everything that anybody tweets me on Twitter. Also, Antonio brought a full participant in today's practice. I'm just looking at these all-star rosters. Look at the defensemen. In the Atlantic Division, you've got Hedman, Carlson, and Green. Carlson's having a bum season. Mike Green's really washed up, but those guys can play three-on-three. Is that coloring who gets selected to too large of a degree? I don't know. I mean, you can't put Zadino Char out there at his age, can you? He's just fine six-on-six, but five-on-five, rather. Six, including the goalie. In the Metro, Seth Jones, Noah Hannafin, Chris Letang. Good three-on-three guys. Central, Subban, Peter Angelo, and Klingberg. Same thing. Pacific, Dottie, Burns, and Ekman Larson. There you go. They're picking defensemen to play three-on-three. So it's the three-on-three all-star game. Not really the guys who played real good five-on-five and got recognized for it. All-star game. Did the Penguins have any injury replacements? They named a bunch of injury replacements. I want to see who replaces Sid when he figures out a way to, to not play. Oh, Phil Kessel is an injury replacement. Sid should say, I'm a back. And then you know what they'd do? They'd probably name Vorchuk from Philadelphia because he's an alternate too. Mike Grupp next, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. No one wants to hear your life story. What do you want to say on my radio show? Hey, yo, Mike. Mark, how you doing? Call me Mike. DX at 105.9. The all-star rosters have just been announced. Joining us to discuss from the NHL Network and AT&T Sportsnet locally, he is former Penguin Mike Rupp. Uh, Rupper, are you surprised Phil Kessel didn't make it? Uh, given his stats and his three-on-three acumen, I figured he was a lock. Yeah, you know, it's uh he, he certainly has had an all star 
season. Um, I think the one thing that we got to take into account when you're talking about the All-Star game in the NHL, and it's not what it used to be. It's clear as day that you can see that when you're watching three-on-three hockey, which I love in the All-Star game. But um, it, it's different than what it used to be. It's, uh, you know, I, I think that sometimes fans, you got to look at it from different ways. And when you're looking at all these, the guys that should be there, and there's quite a few, in, including Phil Kessel, you got to also understand every team has to be represented. You only have limited positions. Um, to be frank with you, he should probably be there over Sidney Crosby, but you're not going to have the best player in the world over the last his whole career not at the All-Star game. The NBA would never uh, not have LeBron James at the All-Star game. So uh, I, I think that when you're in that situation, uh, you can you can argue fill in there. Um, Sid's going to be one that should be slotted in there all the time. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Phil's having a fantastic year, and uh, he, uh, he should have been recognized. I think Phil would rather spend the weekend playing poker, uh, to be <laughs> honest, Rupper. And uh, yep. Chris Letang made it as well. And he's not having his best year, but you're playing three-on-three. And I looked at all four rosters. It seems like they pick defensemen who can play three-on-three as opposed to recognizing uh, the best defenseman five-on-five during the regular season. Yeah, yeah, and I I agree with that. And Tanger's one of the best in that open ice game. Uh, When you look at the D that the Metro division took, I mean, uh, let's look at more of the fact that uh, Noah Hannafin makes it from Carolina, where I like him, but maybe that's just showing what the pool is actually from defensemen in the in the Metro Division and that they have to have representation from Carolina. So, um, you know, you can say, yeah, Chris Latane's not having the, the biggest of years um, in, in his career, but he's also pretty darn dangerous in that situation. And it's all about, that's what it's about. It's about entertainment value it's about uh that's what the weekend is you know i don't know i remember growing up and seeing it in a different manner and watching i just had a different feel to it Rob, but i remember the east west game it was blood and guts back then yeah uh, but, but, I mean, but now different. people just want to see like, like you said regardless of how sid's playing and his stats people just want to see Sidney crosby playing the all-star game correct exactly and i and i think that you can even say that with mark andre Fleury. And if we could, you know, I mean, Vegas, if you're going to ask a Vegas Golden Knights fan who they want to be the representation for their team, as good as uh, Jonathan Marchessault has been, I, you, you want you want Marc-Andre Fleury. And from a league standpoint, that guy's a market, marketable guy, and, and he's smiling all the time, having fun. He's going to put on a show in the competitions. I mean, so, yeah, it, it, you want to see the guys who really sell the game and who are the superstars. Jim Rutherford, the Penguins GM, said what I've been saying, Rupper, that maybe performance is the problem as opposed to personnel, and maybe a big trade isn't needed. What's your call? Um, I, I, to, to a degree, I would agree with I would agree with that, but there's also um, it's still a personnel thing, I, I believe, in some to some degree. Um, I think that it's. You still, no matter which way Coach Sullivan shakes these lines, it's very difficult to get that. Uh, and I read, if anybody hasn't seen your article, I don't know when you threw that out. If it was yesterday, I read it yesterday. But right, right uh, on the was, trip. Well, that was my next question. I mean, it was bang on. I mean, that's bang on. And uh, um, it, the balance, it, the balance is an issue, and you can't balance things when you have. Um, 
some jagged pieces that don't fit in really well in certain areas. And uh, I, I think that, you know, I, I've said it, and I don't want to be that guy, Mads, but I said it as soon as they got, you know, Phil Kessel a couple years ago. And I remember taking a beating from some of the guys on Twitter because I said that on your show, hey, the best way that they can work this in is if they can get all three of those guys on different lines. It ended up working, and then last year it ended up working with them not being on all three lines. But right now, with the with the format of this team and the personnel, they need Kessel, Crosby, Malkin on all three lines because they got to spread that wealth. But then again, do you still have enough pieces to make those three lines work? We'll have to see. If it doesn't look like that in the next couple weeks, I think Jim Rutherford's certainly going to be making the trade. Well, uh, everything is gospel to me, Rupper. I'm not sure about Hagman with Malkin. I'm not sure about Dominic Simon with Sid. Uh, that's asking a lot, even if Gino and Sid are two at the very best. Yeah, and it, it's putting all that on Sid and Gino, which is fine because that's what they sign up for. That's what they get paid for. That's what they've done. Um, but you're, you know, I, I think a lot of it that you start to see though, and, and when you look back to even the last couple seasons, um, it, it's one thing, and it's not to downplay anything. It's it's one thing to. Um, to get to be a young player in this league and be put in the situations and just come out guns blazing, sustaining it is a whole nother ball game. So we've seen Connor Sherry step on the stage in pretty big situations in his short career, and he's done unbelievable. We saw Jake Gensel, who isn't quite Jake Gensel. He's not having a bad year, but he's not Jake Gensel that we've seen. But now it's about sustaining that. And let's be honest. Uh, a lot of those situations is because of who they played with. But then again, they've also responded the proper way and they've done the thing. So they just as important as, as Sid was in winning the cons Mike last year, let's not be mistaken that, you know, Connor Sherry was, or sorry, Jake Gensel was just a big of a part of that. It, I think is Sid in playing together with him. So, but it's about getting those guys to that next level. And it, those guys haven't kind of kicked it to that next level. And so that's going to be something you got to monitor because, um, you know, do you want to try to do that again with the with with uh, the the young guys that are just uh, running on straight adrenaline, and you want to do that with Dominic Simone? You want to do that? Um, uh, oh my gosh, just drew a blank. What's the other guy? Uh, uh, Daniel Sprong. Daniel Sprong. Well, yeah. You, eventually, you though, you run out of young Sprung. guys. I mean, they promote yeah. an awful lot of young guys in the past three years. Yeah, and you're you're asking those guys to do a lot, and we've been very fortunate to have Jake Gensel and Connor Sherry be able to shoulder that. Not every guy can, so um, I still think Jim Rutherford's maybe playing a little bit coy. I think he's going to be making a move. We're talking to Mike Rupp. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Uh, Rupper, Matt Murray stopped a penalty shot with a minute left in a tie game Sunday after coming on in relief, and then the Penguins won in overtime. What's that do for his confidence after not having had a great first half of the season? I think it's great to, to to end kind of going in that break with that being the last taste in your mouth because you know what? I'm just talking from a player standpoint. I could be in the absolute tank for a month being playing terrible hockey. Um, if you go into an all-star break and you snap home a goal, get a couple hits in, and you feel good about yourself, you forget completely about that other stuff. So you're hoping that that's maybe what Matt Murray can thrive off of is just getting in there, hey, having a being a big part of a, a big win right before the break and, and be able to, to go from that. Um, I, I think that he's a guy in his 
career so far that we've seen, he seems pretty darn strong mentally. So I think this uh, this bye week will serve him well. But I think it's great. Uh, it, it, hey, put it this way: it's a hell of a lot better than going in there. Uh, you know, like maybe a, a Jake Allen that we saw that's lost eight of his last nine starts in St. Louis. So um, this would allow him to uh, feel good. And all you care about as a player is you're only as good as your last game. And uh, it was a win. Why is Sullivan scratching Ian Cole? I look at Hunwick and Alexiak, and I just think Cole's better. What's your call? Um, there, there's things when I watch Alexiak that I really, I really like. Certainly, his size. He moves really well. Um, I think that he, um, he. I don't think they fully know, or they're still trying to see what where the the capabilities end with him as far as where the ceiling is. And I'm not trying to make it sound like he's this Norris Trophy defenseman. I just he he he's in, intriguing because he's so big and he actually can do a lot of things out there. I, I just think that that move pretty much solidifies. Uh, a, a big chunk. So then it comes down to Hunwick and and Ian Cole and Matt Hunwick. The wheels are the difference, I think. And uh, I, I just think that eventually, as much as I really, as much as actually I really did not like the trade when Bertuzzo went to St. Louis and we got Ian Cole. Ian Cole's been pretty dang good for this organization, and he's played probably better than what most people thought he would. But now it's getting to the point now where the team's struggling, and it's. I was that guy at times in my career up at Ford. When there needs to be a time, a time for change, sometimes you're the scapegoat, and I feel like he is in this situation. But it, you go with a Matt Hunwick, you've got speed, you've got experience, he's got you know over 500 games now in the league. Um, I think it's just a culprit of the circumstance. The team's not where they need to be. You need to shake it up. You want to get quicker, and uh, he's kind of the odd man out right now. Rupert, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want your midseason calls. Who's your MVP so far this season? MVP so far this year is Nikita Kucherov. Um, He's been, from the first drop of the puck, even dating back to last year, I mean, this guy has been phenomenal. Yeah, he leads in goals and points. It's really tough to pick anybody else, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and, and, and the thing the thing with him too is that uh um he he's just con- so consistent. I mean, he it's not like he he's coming out and putting five points up one night and going cold for three games. He's he's legitimately giving you um seems like a solid point point and a half every single game. And the consistency is incredible and I think that speaks to I think why he has was it 27 goals right now. Um the guy's the guy's sensational. Top goalie, Vesna Trophy winner. Who do you got? My guy stayed in Tampa with Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky <laughs> is he's one for me that I think a lot of people can say, "Hey, listen, he's on the best team in the National Hockey League. They score so many goals, he gets the run support." But the numbers don't lie. Look at his stats. There, that's what makes he is what makes Tampa dangerous. It's not. It's well. Kucherov and Stamkos, those guys make him dangerous as well. But it's the fact that he has, you know, he's number two in goals against. He's number two in save percentage. He's number one in every other goalie statistical category. He's doing it. His numbers, they can win games two to one. They don't do it often because they can score more goals than that. Um, But 
they can. And that's what makes them a scary team for me is that they're not a team that um, has to score three, four, five goals. They can score. They can score one goal. They can score two goals. He's been he's been unbelievable, and uh, you give him a lot of credit. Uh, with Ben Bishop leaving, uh, everything's falling on him, and he's got a lot of the second half of the season. I'm interested to watch him mentally because um, they've set the bar pretty high, and anything less than the Stanley Cup is uh, probably a, a complete failure down there in Tampa. So we'll see how he handles it. Who's your top defenseman? The Norris. Uh, the Norris. The Norris one. Uh, that one's that one's tough for me because um, I don't want to say. Uh, uh, Victor Hedman, although I... Well, actually, Rupper, Victor about. Hedman's my pick, but that would yeah. put all three awards in Tampa. I'm right with yeah. you. I think and all you three know, front runners are in Tampa. The one I, guy I, I think agree. can gain on Vasilevsky is Marc-Andre Fleury. Look at his numbers if he can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, that that's one um, That's one that can, can go there. Um, another one for me that he's not quite there yet. Um, but Tuka Rask, the pace that he's been on as of late, if he can keep that up the second half, I think he can really uh, – or sorry, I jumped you. I, I went to the defenseman there, uh, or goalie there. Uh, Defenseman-wise, um, Victor Hedman is one that is the best on the D side and offensive side. I, I, I'm hearing Drew Doughty's name a lot, and he, it's okay. I, he's probably in the finalist list. A couple guys that have been very unheralded and, and not even not in the All-Star game here – that you really got to pay attention to, and uh, this isn't going to create many uh, friends um, on your on your uh, station here. But um, John Carlson, to me, and, and I'll say it from this standpoint, I love giving um, Norris trophies to defensemen that defend right. and they contribute offensively. I, I'm not a fan of Eric Carlson running away, but I think the way that him and Brent Burns have been in the last couple of years, you got to give it to him. And that right, they were overwhelming offensively. Right. But we don't have that this year. and But on that same standpoint, John Carlson is not a very good defensive defenseman. But when you look at, when you look at um, Carl Alsner leaving, you look at Nate Schmidt leaving, um, you, you've got – look at the defensemen. They have Aaron Ness in there this year. They have um, Chorney in there. I mean, they, they've got guys, and they, he stepped up his game. And he's one of the league leaders offensively. Um, He's a guy that it, he could be on the radar, but he's got to he's got he's got to be overwhelmingly offensive. John Klingberg's one for me that's right there, but it's got to be Vasilevsky, I think. Or sorry, why I keep doing that? It's, it's uh, got to be Victor <laughs> Hedman. It's got to be. I'm just all I'm all flushed with all this Tampa stuff going on here. So I, I would say Victor Hedman, Drew Doughty would be in the mix. Then then for me, it's Klingberg Carlson. Um, interesting though, just to stay on that, I was thinking about it the other day when you're looking at these awards. Cause I just the same thing I just did with you. We just named off all these, uh, um, Tampa Bay guys. It's interesting when you look at league awards, I'm literally, they have contention in every single category. You have, um, you can, you can argue, which I don't think he'll probably get, but you can argue John Cooper. He'll probably be a finalist for Jack Adams. Um, you've got those, uh, the comeback players or the, and, and, or Masterton, um, which could be Steven Samco should be a finalist with, the, with a Brian Boyle. Um, you've got rookie of the year that Sergachev, uh, with any kind of fallout, that guy's probably fourth, fourth or fifth on the list for, for the Calder. I mean, this gets insane down there in Tampa. So they're going in this break, uh, the all-star break coming up here. 
things are all good. All-star game in Tampa, they, uh, they're controlling a lot of different things. So we'll see if they can keep that up the second half. Rupper, great stuff. Thanks for the knowledge. All right, thanks, man. That's Mike Rupp, brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with the new Macan. I'll talk to Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9. Super genius, Mark Madden. This is Mark Madden. It is. A double M, big fan. I think there's a better chance of me and Selena Gomez being parents to triplets. The X at 105.9. We got quite a reset if you want to call in to talk about it. Kessel did not make the NHL All-Star game. Sid and Flurry did. Not only is Artie Burns injured, tweaked his knee at practice today, but another Steelers hurt. I'll talk about that in a second. And it looks like Garrett Cole's going to go to Houston, although, boy, the baseball media keeps going back and forth on when that one might be consummated. Joining me now is Bob McLaughlin. Bob, more bad news from Steeler practice. Not only did Artie Burns leave early with a bum knee, although Ian Rappaport of NFL.com Says there's no ligament damage. Stefan Tuitt left practice oh. with his arm in a sling. Burns and Tuitt both out. How much will that hurt the Steeler cause on Sunday? Oh, that would hurt them a bunch. Uh, you know where that pressure comes from right now with the Steelers defense. It starts right up the middle with that push from all three of those guys. And then hopefully, you know, the linebackers can get in there and finish it up. But with the numbers that Cam Hayward put up with Stefan Tuitt's push with you know, Hargrave there doing his thing. That's That would be a a huge blow. Well, not a huge blow, I'll say. No, it's a huge blow. I mean, Tyson Aluwalu is a good uh, backup. But, but two, it's a monster. And you want him and Hayward both in there. Look how much better Hayward played. How much his numbers soared. Once Tuit got healthy and they both played at the same time. No, it's a, it's. I was searching for a better word, but yeah, that's a big deal. They all three play off each other very well. Um, I do like Alualu though. I think he's a you know a good backup. Um, he knows the Jags well, being there all those years. This is his first playoff appearance, so he'll have something you know to get his motor going. But um, boy, they, they don't say why it was in a sling or anything, do do they? Just that he left practice facility with a I'm pretty sling. sure it wasn't tennis elbow Bob <laughs> uh, yeah there's the news from Steeler camp Artie Burns left early with a bum knee to it with his arm in the sling what's your take on uh, Kessel not making the all-star game and Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang do numbers game I agree with Mike Rupp on that one you got to put Sidney Crosby in there uh Letang well, wait, because Tampa the host and NBC the network they want Sidney Crosby in the all-star game they want the face of hockey in the All-Star game. Kessel's an alternate. Sid's only played in, I think, two or three All-Star games, despite being named every year. Maybe Sid can figure a way out of it like he so often does, and Phil yet gets to play. Then again, I think Phil would rather play poker that weekend. <laughs> well, I agree with you on that one, but do you think that the Kessel-Canada relationship has anything to do with it from his days up in Toronto and their ill will towards him in some no, points? No, no, I don't. I I think it is a numbers game. The rosters are small because it's three-on-three. Three. got to get each team represented. Uh, Rupper put it perfectly. Noah Hannafin from Carolina. He's not their best player. That Ajo kid probably is. But Hannafin can play decent three-on-three three defense. Which, by the way, I think is why Latang got in the game because he's fun to watch three on three. What do you think the chances are that Sid says, Hi, I can't make it, and Phil does? Phil goes in instead. I don't know. I They're think pretty Sid, good, aren't they? Sid's got a lot of heat for missing the game in the past. Don't forget, if you chump out, you get suspended for the next game. Oh, that's it right. It happened to Sid already, about... so I expect Sid to go, assuming 
Sid is healthy. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. 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 Uh, Bob, finally, the Garrett Cole deal, which, which at one point was supposed to be done, but the baseball media backed off. We're going to hear about the future for the Pirates. Didn't we hear about the future too long? Isn't it too early to hear future, future, future? Unbelievable. Nobody in the Pirates, no fan of the Pirates wants to hear that word again right now. I mean, Mark, you said it in the 3 o'clock hour. That's 20 more years maybe because of the way that they're going and the way that they're just, they have no interest in winning at some points. That's 2038. 2038, <laughs> you know, if you're looking at it as to the formula that they used last time. But if they are going to get rid of Cole and it looks very much like they are right now, tear it all down. You got nothing to build off of. Just start all over again because what's the point? You know, then what's the point? And like you said, I can't wait to hear what 22 and some of the other players think about that if he does go, which, you know, I think, I think when does. Cole leaves, McCutcheon and Jay Hay will be right behind him. I think so, too. And that'll be, you know, just the front office doing more of their same thing. It won't matter what they want to do here. Obviously, McCutcheon wants to stay here. You know, he likes it here. He wants to, he's got something to prove, I think, after the last couple of years. They're not going to let him. There's no point in having him now. That's Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. In just a few moments... I will keep busting the Pirates' balls. Why? Because somebody has to, and I enjoy it. Also, I want your thoughts on Kessel not in the All-Star game, Sid and Latang are, Tewitt's arm in a sling, Burns with a knee injury, how much will that hurt the Steelers against Jacksonville, and Garrett Cole apparently on his way to Houston. Your thoughts on any or all of those. Make them known by dialing 412-333-WXDX. And I got penguin tickets to give away later in the 5 o'clock hour. 105.9 The X.